Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Reaction Brats podcast, episode one. We started recording these episodes back in January, and we talk about shopping and traveling and going to shows. I feel like we would be remiss not to mention that the world was a much different place then. We are all staying home now and social distancing in order to flatten the COVID curve. We don't mention it in the episode, obviously, so I just wanted to hop on and mention it now. I guess in a way this is a nice look back on the world as we used to know it. Okay, on to episode one. I hope you like it. Wrong voice. Like no, I, this. Yeah, mine's the worst. I hate it. You it have sounds to just also like be, you. Be careful when you put your drink down. Yes, I will. Are you going to be drinking? Yeah. You got to be careful when you put your drink down. Yeah, but I already know that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to also try not to do this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I liked it. All right. You want to do this? Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to do, the, do it? <laughs> I would go out tonight, but there's a new episode of Reaction Brats. Hopefully you just enjoyed our theme song that uh, I did with my friend Mitch Bowden at his wonderful studio, Mechanical Noise. This is the first episode of Reaction Brats. Yay! My name is David. I'm Robin. Ultimately, this was Robin's idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to ask Robin, there is currently more than 700,000 podcasts and 29 million podcast episodes. <laughs> why, why are we doing this again? Um, that's a good question. It's a great question. <laughs> uh, we're doing this because it's fun and because we're chatty and because why not do it? You know what? We're doing it for us. And so that's what matters. I think if people like it, then awesome. Yeah, that's going to shine through, you know. I think people <laughs> will really connect with, like, just the fun we have with it, you know. Right? What's the idea behind our podcast? What are, what are we doing? Is it a music podcast? Is it politics? Is it romance? <laughs> <laughs> it is neither politics nor romance. Oh. It's a music podcast. It's talking about the records that we buy and the shows that we go to and... The vinyl records that we buy. The vinyl records. So we, we, we are collecting vinyl. We are. I guess we should mention. Mm-hmm. Robin... Well, I had a collection before we, we met, but mm-hmm. I wasn't as into it as I am now. You were quite into it. Yeah, I love and, it. And you have now gotten me into it. I know. And, I love um, it. We buy a lot of records. So we thought, hey, uh, every time we do a, a shop and get a new haul of records, we can discuss it on an episode of the show mm-hmm. and uh, talk about the music, whether we know it or not, if it's new to us, if it's old, if it means something, if it means nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one thing we're going to do. And I think too, I mean, we haven't been together for that long, but the kind of trips that we've taken, I mean, we went to Chicago and a whole day was spent just going to record stores that's and, right. you know, Googling the best record shops and Chicago and then spending our day in the sun walking from shop to shop and buying stuff and digging through all the records and I think um, you know we're going to Nashville in a couple of weeks and we're going to be doing that and I'm going to bring a recorder with us we'll do a we'll do an episode from Nashville maybe even walking around in Nashville I haven't quite figured it out yet but uh, That'd be fun. I'm sure we'll do a shop we'll try to get a haul I of records I think we'll do a couple shops yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll have some records to talk about why are we going to Nashville what, we're going to see a band right yeah we're going to go see Nada Surf Nada Surf a band I wasn't completely familiar with until Robin and I got together and she uh, I'd like Nada Surf what I've yeah. heard I've been madly in love with them for yeah. decades. So the show's called Reaction Brats. Yep. 
which is a shortened version of a song title by the band Guided by Voices, who we'll end up talking about quite a bit on this show. A song called Delayed Reaction Brats. Here's a clip. The actual idea came to me when I was um, with you at the helmet show at the Horseshoe in Toronto. Um, helmet's fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never been there. I would have never even have known that Helmet was still touring, that they were still a band, uh, unless I went with you. And I, I wouldn't, I don't want to say you dragged me. You just, you had an extra ticket and I went along. But yes. while we were there, I thought this is interesting because we could talk about that show or other shows that we go to that we quote unquote drag each other to. And that, that might be interesting. It might be, you know, my experience there and your experience there were clearly two very different different experiences yeah i was rocking out you were and it's really fun to watch you rock out oh. and the same with um jawbox is that what they were called Jawbone, yes jawbox jaw, yeah jawbox reunion in chicago this summer but again a band that you would have never i had never see. heard of them yeah never mind even i mean helmet i had at least heard of oh you I never hadn't. heard of jawbox no oh wow but it was super fun um yeah and you know the nashville trip not a surf i'm not i'm not very familiar with them but i like i like what i've heard and robin mm-hmm. is going to quote unquote drag me to that show and then in march we have a trip to Las Vegas where I am dragging. Am I dragging you to this? No. I I'm excited to go see yeah. David Lee Roth. But that's an example of a show that Robin would never Robin would never get on a plane and go to Las Vegas to see David Lee Roth's Vegas review. Whereas that's exactly what I would do. So we're gonna do a lot of stuff like that, hopefully. Yeah, uh, and and probably bands that we both like. Some give and some take. And but it's I more fun if I can take you to something that you hate. Is it? Well it's fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, would you like to move on to the records that we are going to talk about this episode? Is sure. it time? Yeah, I think it's time. We actually have them in front of us. We do. Um, so these three records came from, if I may be so bold as to say, our favorite record shop in the city. I think it's definitely the best. Into the Abyss, uh, shout out to Brad Germain, who owns the shop. The Instagram handle is at Into the Abyss Records. So check it out if that's you haven't I-N- already. I-N-T-O-T-H-E-A-B-Y-S-S. No, no, no. What is it? It is. But do you need to spell it out? <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, yes, at Into the Abyss Records. These three records came from um, a shop that we did recently there. And the I don't know why, but for some reason, all three records that we bought that day were your picks. So I don't know if I just wasn't feeling inspired. There wasn't really anything there for me to see or whatever. I just wasn't. Yeah, I, I can't know. remember what, because these are all brand. They were all new, too. They weren't used. I don't know why I picked all three or where the money came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know did either. We, I think we traded some stuff in that day, didn't we? It might be when we amalgamated our Yeah, I'm not sure why collections. I picked all the records. But these, are, these three are, are my picks. And they're actually records that you weren't very familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I kind of was and kind of wasn't. I, yeah. We can get into it. But can I ask you first? When you buy records, would you normally go right to the new section? Is that what you would prefer to buy? Uh, not necessarily. I think Brad's shop is laid out in such a way that I can hit the used stuff and then hit the new records. There's not, it's not a gigantic warehouse of albums. My first stop in any record shop is the used section, but the good used section. So most good record shops have the good used and then not so great the used. The $2 used. I, I don't even look in the $2 used. It's not worth my time, but I always look in the more expensive used because that's what I, that's what I love to buy. So what's up first? 
So first is why are chairs missing? That's right. I did a little bit of homework in anticipation of our first podcast, and I listened to these records, and I have some opinions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get into it? Do I just tell you what my opinions are? Yeah, well, let's... You want to talk a little bit about wire? Let's talk a little bit about wire. Do we get more beer? Um, yeah, I guess. All right, we're going to talk about wire now, but before we do that, I would like to introduce a segment that will be reoccurring on the show. It's called Wikipedia Time. When you just want the fact, it's Wikipedia Time. So much I need to know. It's Wikipedia Time. I'm ready to learn. Yeah. 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 That's our theme for Wikipedia Time. Uh, once again, recorded and mixed by the wonderful Mitch Bowden at Mechanical Noise Studios in Dundle, Ontario. Actually, more than recorded and mixed. Uh, besides the drums, Mitch is, well, the, vo- the lead vocal is myself, and I must say I did a great job. I um, participated in the huh. Yes, Robin's in the huh, uh-huh. multi-tracked huh. Pretty uh, cool. Basically, I came in there and sang the stupid melody I had. Actually, well, I recorded the drums first. We had no guitar riff. I sort of sang my stupid melody, and Mitch came up with the bass line and the guitar. And It was a little bit of magic. A little bit of podcast magic happened that day. Yeah. It was fun. Robin was there. Did I loved you, it. You enjoyed that? I loved it. I loved the studio. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, super cool. And I love Mitch. Mitch is great. Yeah, Mitch is the best. So if you would like to record your own uh, podcast theme songs, give Mitch a, <laughs> a ring. I don't know that he wants us to advertise that. I don't. I hope that you had a good time that afternoon. No, he'll but... take the money to record <laughs> That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> you can find him on Instagram. I believe it's at Mechanical Noise. I also feel that I should clarify what I said at the beginning of the episode. I said that Mitch and I did the, the, the theme song together. Let's be honest. I Mitch did most of the work uh we knew we wanted to do a version of that song yeah. i recorded the drums and then basically said i'd say it was your concept you were yes. a producer sure i mean mitch was also behind the boards but, but <laughs> yeah my, well my producing was, was hey mitch you're an learn, armchair producer learn that song properly and then make it different enough that it's not the same song and mitch and, did all of that and he and sang sing it, it. Mm-hmm. um so yeah mitch is the best thank you very much mitch thanks mitch uh, why are chairs missing? Uh, Wikipedia time. It's Wikipedia time. Wire are an English rock band formed in London in October of 76. <gasps> I was formed in October of 76. Were you formed then or borned? Well, I was borned. You were borned. Yeah. Uh, I was born. So I would have been formed, you know, like January 76. About nine months before that. Disgusting. Um, great month. Uh, Wire were originally associated with the punk rock scene and were later central to the development of post-punk. They are considered a definitive art punk and post-punk band due to their richly detailed and atmospheric sound and obscure lyrical themes. The record we're talking about today is Chairs Missing, which is the second studio album by Wire, released in August of 78. Uh, Although it features some of the minimalist punk rock of the band's debut, Pink Flag, it features more developed song structure, uh, taking some cues from 70s prog rock, psychedelia, and art rock. I like it. So yeah, Chairs Missing. I uh, I mean, I love this record. I also love this record. I mean, it for me, uh, I know Pink Flag. I know the Pink Flag record very well. Uh, this was my first time listening to Chairs Missing as a record. And uh, I mean, it's no Pink Flag. But it is classic wire, and I love it. What songs would you like to talk about? Um, I really love the songs. Outdoor Miner is my favorite song on the record. Okay. 
I love it. Yeah, that that to me when I first heard it, well, I mean years ago, that that would that for me was the Guided by Voices connection because I know Robert Pollard from Guided by Voices is a huge Wire fan. I was like, wow, this this really sounds like a GBV song. Oh, that's cool. I might be the I only person. I think of like um that. like the Bee Gees and stuff. What's that? <laughs> I don't want to maybe not say that. It it's sounds like the Bee Gees. I hear um what's that Bee Gees song? There's like a really cool Bee Gees song. Let me find it. Oh, what is it called? Bee Gees. No, you know what? Forget it. It only reminds me of it because I think it's also uh, like it has minor in the <laughs> title. So that might be why I'm thinking about it. Forget it. That's really cool. I never yeah, thought of that. It starts out, the first two songs are, especially the first song, Practice Makes Perfect. It's a bit of a dirge. It picks up for the third song, Another the Letter. It's like, okay, yeah, this sounds like Wire. I like the arpeggiated synths that come in uh, in Another the Letter. <laughs> The song Mercy is 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 great because it's really it sounds gigantic. Mm-hmm. It's like almost five minutes long and it's heavy and yeah, it doesn't really sound like anything they had done up to that point. So I'm a, a big fan of that song. <laughs> And I really love the song Too Late, the song that closes off the record. Yeah, I really like, um, I like Marooned and, and Outdoor Minor are my favorites. I know, I mean, the I feel like the second half of this record really sounds more like um, Pink Flag kind of wire, which yeah. so I like the second side better. The songs on it I like better. Mm-hmm. I'm also reminded, though, every single time I hear wire, I think about Elastica and menswear and yes. how much they... Just blatantly ripped off wire. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit crazy. And as a as a teenager in the nineties, super into Britpop. I loved Elastica. I loved menswear. That nuisance record was I mean, I loved it. But I didn't know who Wire were at the time. And so to I me, I was like, who is this new? Like, well, this is a new sound. This yeah. is crazy. And then the next, the first time I heard Wire, I was like, what the? I wasn't, I guess I wasn't paying attention enough to Britpop, but I don't remember menswear. Oh, you should, we need to hear Daydreamer. Let's play it. Sinking into seats of color. Feeling lighter, darker, brighter, holding you, I start to wonder. Pull you out or drag you under. Breathe deeper. Daydreamer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so bad. I mean, it, one is so bad. Oh, so you don't like it? Anymore? Like menswear? Oh, not my God, it? no. I would never put so menswear on now. It's not worth people seeking out then, menswear? Just listen to Wire, because it's a million times better. Yeah. Famously, Wire sued Elastica over their song, uh, Connect- is it Connection? Yep. Because it's a ripoff of a song by Wire called Three Girl Rumba. So, actually, let's do a comparison. All right. Here's Wire. Here's Elastica. Here's Wire. A chance encounter you want to avoid. Here's Elastica. Another heart has made the trade. I mean, they really should have been sued. Yeah, rightfully so. And you know what? It might be Wikipedia time because do we know if they won? They must have won. Oh, they must have. Well, let's, maybe Elastica had some pretty good lawyers. Let's check it out. It's Wikipedia time. When you just want the fans, 
The song was the subject of controversy due to its overt similarity to another band's work. The intro synthesizer part is lifted from the guitar riff in Wire's Three Girl Rumba and transposed down a semitone. A judgment resulted in an out-of-court settlement and the credits were rewritten. Okay, As so, they should have been. Absolutely. So they didn't Shame officially... on Elastica for saying they wrote that. Yeah. They won, but they didn't officially win. It was an out-of-court settlement. But uh, yeah, it's more than just the intro synthesizer part. Like the song. It's um, the whole song. Yeah. And even the way she delivers her vocal in that little pre-chorus part, it's not, it's, it sounds like the, it's mm-hmm. pretty much the song. So anyway, Elastica, cool, wire, cooler. Uh, yeah, so that's Chairs Missing. I think you should definitely go pick it up, as you should probably pick up any of the first three chair, or <laughs> the first three chairs, the first three wire records. And then uh, it's my sort of ongoing mission to buy all of the wire records on vinyl. Any How of them many are, are there? Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually, because hmm. they break up after 154. And they come back in 85. Uh, and there's some solo projects in there. Uh, Colin Newman has solo records. and then Right, which you have a couple of, don't you? I have one, yeah. Right. And then uh, Dome. I would also like to draw attention to the cover art. I love it. The pink flag cover art, also amazing. It changes a bit for 154, but I love the, um, I love the look. I like what they're going for, for, yeah. for record one and record two. It's very, uh, what's the word? It looks like a funeral. It's minimalistic. Uh, it's just a couple little pops of color, yeah. which is nice. And you know, in the on pink flag, there's just the pink flag, and on chairs missing, there's just the flowers on the table, which I dig it. Yeah, I believe three of them were art students, and it shows. Oh, so that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why our chairs missing. Yay! We're gonna move on now to our second album, and I think we're gonna talk about Guided by Voices B Thousand. God, we're cute. <laughs> Okay, I feel like it's sacrilege because I'm such a huge fan of Guided by Voices, but it's Wikipedia time. When you choose, want the fans. Guided by Voices is an American indie rock band formed in 83 in Dayton, Ohio. It has made frequent personnel changes, but always maintained the presence of principal songwriter Robert Pollard. Um, where to begin with Guided by Voices? Uh, disclaimer, I'm a huge fan. Uh, what can I say? I've seen them countless times all over North America, and I'm now currently trying to build my GBV collection on vinyl. I actually didn't own any up until recently, uh, so we're slowly buying them. And I love that you're a big fan because Guided by Voices is one of those bands that I've known um, for what seems like forever and liked, uh, I know, I know Isolation Drills really well. I would say that would be, um, for me, the record by Guided by Voices that I know the best. But for me, it's always been such a really big back catalog that I didn't know where to start. And I didn't, it was almost intimidating to like dig in because I didn't know where to start and I didn't know, um, I didn't know where to start, so I'm happy, so happy that you are into Guided by Voices because you're guiding me. Yeah, I think if we're if you're going to go back, I think B Thousand is is a good place to start, mm-hmm, uh, which we it's, did. Uh, it's the record that made them quote unquote famous, and uh, it is a fan favorite. I I'm afraid that I have maybe some opinions on this record that are not going to be popular. Oh, no. It's true. I'm sorry. We've been saving it for this, but I don't know. That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, B-1000 is the seventh album by GBV, released in June of 94 on Scat Records. After its release, the band became one of the more prominent groups associated with the quote-unquote lo-fi genre movement defined by the relatively low fidelity of audio releases. So I know that B-1000 was a bit of a compilation. Uh, Pollard and the rest of the band had sort of reworked uh, older material from 
all of the cassette tapes that Pollard kept in the suitcase. And uh, yeah, B-1000 is the result of that. There were some songs written for the record, new songs. I think, yeah, I Am a Scientist, uh, Gold Star for Robot Boy, those were written for the record. But uh, unlike the six before it, this wasn't a cohesive piece, as far as I know. Like They sort of made a bit of a amalgamation of old stuff, and it worked out. People love it. Let's talk about it a bit. Sure. I think that might be part of what I don't love about it. I hear really great songs and I can hear Guided by Voices. You know, they're punchy and quick and the lyrics are great and the vocal melodies are always amazing in a Guided by Voices song. I would even go as far as to say there's only one song on here that I don't love, which is Hot Freaks. I don't know how you feel about that. I, I don't, love Hot Freaks. Yeah. I, don't, I don't love it. <laughs> um, I would skip it. However, the rest I love, for me, it's just, it sounds like demos. It sounds like demos that they were on their way to the studio to record, and for some reason they never got there. And I just, it doesn't, my ears don't love it as much as, I want them to go to the studio. I want them to take these songs and go to the studio and re-record them. Or just record them. I want them to take these songs, go to the studio, and record them, and then I will love this record. Well, it's funny you say that, because right here on Wikipedia, on on the uh, B-1000 entry, it says, moreover, many of the demo takes of the songs were the ones that were used for the album. I knew it. That's go. why I don't love it. Yeah. Um, I do love it. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't think these songs, well, especially after 25 years, 26 years of this record being in everybody's head, it wouldn't sound right if they were recorded in a, uh, a proper studio. Yeah, that's true. I think the whole lo-fi movement of the early 90s, people liked the intimacy of the sounds of those records. And I think you know, GBV were purveyors of that and pioneers of it. And that's kind of what people, that's what people attach to about the band. So, um, and at, and at that time there, you know, there are studio versions of albums, studio versions. There are studio versions of songs from the records recorded back then. And they're just not as good. Um, I prefer the lo-fi scrappy recordings, which is weird. Cause it brings me to, uh, the fact that I didn't like guided by voices in the nineties when they were in their heyday, I, I appreciated them. But in, when I, at that age, I wanted to hear like technical proficiency and like well-recorded, um, well-recorded music. So I kind of missed the GBV vote. Yeah. I, I, I still want to hear well-recorded music, <laughs> but what, um, when did you get into GBV? I didn't like become a full-fledged fan until like around 2006 when I actually kind of sat down with Under the Bushes, Under the Stars, which is from 96 and is, is still lo-fi, but recorded mostly properly in a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of, that's the, that was my in for Guided by Voices. And since then, it's I've been obsessed. Like right. not, you know, like they're, I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, I was late to the boat on GBV. I even saw them on the uh, Do the Collapse tour at the Opera House just to go. Mitch and I think Chris Bell. I think Mike Bell went too. Uh, they were going and I just went along to see it. And it was cool, but it was like, you know, again, two and a half hour, three hour show. And I didn't know any songs. I was <laughs> right, like, Right, you're we, in it for the long haul when go you go home. see GBV. Yeah, yeah but, uh, but no, I, uh, I fell in deep and uh, I'm a huge fan. I've seen them, I don't even know how many times now since, since uh, the early 2000s. So For this record, I would say I have been listening to it. Um, I've listened to it a few times to prepare for the podcast because I love me a homework assignment. And I, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. I just, my first listen was not, I was like, ugh. Uh, but the more I listen to it, the more I like it. It, I sounds, really, it sounds rough. I don't, I understand. I love Echoes Myron. I think that's a great song. Tower to the skies, an academy I 
also love Esther's Day. Scenes from Esther's Day are running backward courses with a horse of different forces flying. I love all of it. I love all of it, like I said, except Hot Freaks. Yeah. Uh, it's got some of the best GBV songs of all time. Uh, Buzzards and Dreadful Crows. Buzzards and Dreadful Crows. Sounds great. Uh, Agreed. Tractor Rape Chain is classic. I mean, I can just, I could read every title almost Gold Heart Mountaintop Queen Directory. I'm trying to think of what, if I had to pick one song on the record that would be my favorite. That's very difficult. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Tractor Rape Chain. That would be that would be the one that I would pick from this album. It's a good one. I like I Am a Scientist, too. I am a scientist. I seek to understand me. The other thing, too, about B-1000 is it's kind of considered the GBV record of the first sort of run of the band. And I don't think it's as good. I think Alien Lanes, the record after this, is far superior. I also like Alien Lanes yeah. better. It sounds almost as bad <laughs> sound wise it's slightly better but uh i think i just think you know top to bottom it has it has better songs and there's no filler like for me like b thousand there's a couple there's some filler for me not very much but like demons are real uh could easily be left off the record her psychology today could easily have not made the cut kicker um, of valves what do you think i love that kicker one? of valves yeah. <laughs> yeah i love it <laughs> Are these um, Pollard's yes. collages? And once again, Pollard collages in the artwork. They're really cool. Yeah. I'm a proud owner of three original Pollards. You sure are. Way, so. uh, which I think kind of makes me also yes, you uh, are now a co-owner. We, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are the proud owners of three Pollard collages. So... Uh, yeah, Guided by Voices B1000, definitely check it out. And uh, as the podcast moves forward, you will probably get sick of hearing us talk about Guided by Voices, but that's fine. Moving on. Record number three. Record number three of three is XTC Skylarking. I think it's uh, Wikipedia time. When you just want the XTC were an English rock band formed in Swindon in 1972. Fronted by songwriters Andy Partridge and Colin Moulding, the band gained popularity during the rise of punk and new wave in the 70s. And uh, the record is Skylarking. Take it away, Robin. Skylarking is the ninth studio album by the English rock band XTC, released October 86 on Virgin Records. Produced by American musician Todd Rundgren, it is a loose concept album about a non-specific cycle, such as a day, a year, the seasons, or life. And you know what? It actually sounds like that. I can, it does. I can hear that. Yeah. Nice job, Todd Rundgren yeah, and work. XTC. Todd. Um, Skylarking, yeah. I love this record. What a treat. This yeah. was. This was a treat. I didn't know this record. Really, all I knew about XTC was uh, Making Plans for Nigel. And what's the other song? There's a, like a really good one. Uh, um, Not Dear God. No, uh, Generals and Majors. Didn't you say you liked that one? Mm, was it Generals and Majors? Didn't you say that the other day? I don't know. Maybe. How does it go? 
generals and majors. Oh, yeah, that song. Yeah. It sounds a bit like Elvis Costello-y, I think. That one, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, it does a little that bit. That song is great. Um, going into this assignment, <laughs> it's not an assignment. I'd never heard this record um, start to finish. I mean, I knew Dear God. I had heard Dear God. The video for Dear God, I think I might have some PTSD. As yeah, a, me, me too. You know, as a 10-year-old kid, that's some crazy imagery. Yeah, um, that was intense. Yeah, I, I've never really gotten to know XTC. Yeah, so this, you, this was amazing. If you haven't seen that video, seek it out on YouTube, Dear God, XTC. It's... Oh, uh, the little kid and the people in the tree. tree. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense. It's really cool. Um, I knew this record just because I have an older brother who's nine years older than I mm-hmm. am. And he was really into all this sort of British, I guess at the time it would have been truly called alternative music yeah. of all different kinds, my brother Mike. So he had this on cassette. Uh, so I was I was uh, familiar with it. And I'm an XTC fan. I'm slowly building my collection. Uh, I, I would say that this record is, is their masterpiece, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I love it. I can hear influences of the Beatles. Uh, hold it. Ladies and gentlemen, the cat is rubbing his face. And on now his bum Megan's... on my beer. Did you just call me Megan? <laughs> Did, Did I? you just <laughs> call me Megan? I don't know. Did Who's I? Who's Megan? Megan? <laughs> Megan. The cat is rubbing his face on Megan's, 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 Megan's. Okay, folks, we checked the tapes, and I did indeed <laughs> call Robin Megan, and I don't really know why. That well, was... <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. I'll get you, Megan. Okay. Influences. I can hear heavy Beatles influences on this record. And two two types of Beatles influences. One is the like poppy, delicious Beatles that I can hear. And then the other one's the more like psychedelic, kind of yeah. weird Beatles, which yeah, is definitely. fine. I think they got a lot of comparisons to the Beatles back back in the day as well. Yeah. Definitely Beach Boys too. Um, oh, for sure. Want to talk about, about some songs? Actually, before we talk about songs, I'd like to just talk about, for me, I'm a, I play drums. And the drumming on this record is amazing. Apparently, it's Prairie Prince from the band The Tubes. You remember, hmm. you know, The Tubes, White yep. Punks on Dope? And uh, what's that? What's the song I sang? Uh, oh, she's a beauty. She's one in a million oh, right. girls. That's also The Tubes. Uh-huh. Anyways, the drumming's amazing. So check that out. And also, uh, well, actually, you know what? We'll save that till we talk about the, the songs. I want to talk a bit about the bass playing. But uh, yeah, let's talk about some songs. What do you want to, uh, what are some of your favorites? Well, I think it's kind of funny that my two favorite songs on this record are sandwiching my least favorite song Uh-oh. on this record. I know. So Ballet for a Rainy Day and Season Cycle, I love. Oh, love, really? love, 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 love those two songs. Nice. I do not love, love, love 1,000 Umbrellas. Let me I guess love, it's your favorite. Well, it's not my favorite, but I, <laughs> I love, love, love that song. Now I'm calling the wallpaper that's looking more like a roadmap to misery. Oh, how misery. How can you smile? Earn Enough for Us is also incredible. Yeah. I love those songs. Earn Enough for Us is... I might be the obvious choice, but I think that might be my favorite song on the album. It's a great one. It's so good. And and that's that brings me to the bass playing. The bass playing on this song is great. Here's a clip. Oh, 
the opener, Summer's Cauldron. I love the recording in the field. Yeah. The crickets. Yeah, it's very it's, beautiful. It's a lovely way to open a record. Drowning here in Summer's Cauldron Under mats of flower lava which goes directly into Grass, which was a single, which is an odd choice for a single, if you ask me. But yeah, for sure. I don't know what they were thinking in 1986. Who knows? Which goes right into The Meeting Place, which is another one of my favorites. Um, there's a band called Field Music that I am a fan of, and I hope Robin is too, because I bought her one of their records. <laughs> and the, uh, the Meeting Place to me sounds very Field Music. You can really hear the XTC influence in Field Music when you, uh, when you hear a song like that. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. There's two. Well, I guess I said that in Wikipedia time, didn't I? There's, so there's two songwriters. I feel like I'm more partial to the Andy Partridge songs. Yeah. I think he's the like poppy delicious Beatles and Colin Moulding is the more weirder psychedelic Beatles. I didn't research like who was writing which songs, but I feel like Andrew Partridge is my guy. Yeah, I think you're. I think you know because you can tell by their their voices which yeah. who's singing what. Like, dear God, is Andrew Partridge right? Yes, I think Andy is. Uh, I don't know what the right words are to describe it. Poppy and delicious. Yeah, he's like the power. He's more the yeah. He's more the power pop guy, I guess. Like, earn enough for us is pretty power pop. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's a pretty top to bottom amazing record. So yeah, I was um, so happy that this was on our list of records to listen to because I don't know that otherwise I would have pulled it out and had a listen. And it's it's in my one of my top records now for sure. Oh really? I love it so oh, much. Oh great! Well, I'm mm-hmm. glad I could bring that to the table. Yep. Thank you. Um, yeah, XTC Skylarking. Definitely check it out, and definitely check out the video for Dear God on YouTube because oh, it God. just might freak you out. Nightmares. I'd also like to just point out now that we're looking at it, the XTC Wikipedia page is up, and their photo is an XTC backstage in Toronto, October yeah, seventy-eight. I wonder where that is. Yeah, who knows? It looks very clean for if, any of the backstages I've been to in Toronto. They do not look like that. No. Looks like it could be uh, the hallway. Where would they have been playing? The hallway at the Y. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're doing a Uh, a YM tour. If any listeners out there saw XTC in Toronto in October 78, let us know. You can email us at reactionbratspod at gmail.com. And we also have an Instagram page. At reactionbratspod. Same for both. Same handle for both. Um, I think we're rounding the bend on our first episode. I think so too. How do you feel this went? I don't know. I hate the sound of my own voice. I think everyone hates the sound of their own voice. Yeah, so this might be the first and last episode we do, because once I start to edit it, I might just delete the whole file. It's not going to be the first and last episode we do. No? I'll see you. I'll see you episode number two. Will you? Yep. Well, get in contact, everybody, if you loved it, if you hated it. Uh, if you don't agree with my opinions on B1000, that's fair. Just let us know. Just be kind. That's all. Yeah, just be nice about it. I think we're done. I think we're done. Thanks for having a podcast with me. This is really fun. This has been something else. Mm -hmm. Okay, see you in episode number two. Bye.